G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you might have been hearing, today is International Women's Day and as we give our Aussie women a pat on the back, it might be worth a thought or two that women around the world face dreadful prospects in many nations. You might be surprised just how many international Christian mission organisations work very closely to improve the conditions of women in developing nations or nations where there's widespread poverty without Christian foundations. Well, today, bringing a focus on the nation of India, where so many women and girls are often drawn into some dreadful cultural practices even akin to the idea of village or temple-forced prostitution. Kate is back with us today, the CEO of the Dignity Freedom Network, serving the poorest people in India, known as the Dalit people. They're known as the lowest in India's caste system. And Kate is joining us. Kate, welcome along. Nice to talk with you, Neil. Kate, on an International Women's Day, I guess for you, no better topic to talk about than the women you are especially focused on when you're doing your work to help them rise above their conditions in India. Absolutely, Neil. And it's just a great platform to be able to be a voice for these women and for these girls. Kate, let's come to the name of your ministry organisation for a moment, Dignity Freedom Network. When we talk about dignity for women, we're talking about dignity that's God-given. We take it for granted in Australia, but so many nations like India, they don't have that same level of understanding of what that dignity is founded on. Absolutely, and the women that we work with have been so demoralised and so abused and so marginalised in their communities that to see them understand that they actually have value and worth is something that is so absolutely, it's just a great privilege. Kate, and I know that it's getting tougher in many nations, but for organisations like yours, getting tougher day by day to work and serve the people that you want to serve in India. That, that's right, Neil. It, it really is. It's a, quite a difficult time in many parts of the world, and definitely India falls into that category as well. The people that you serve, primarily women, and to talk about women on International Women's Day, and we'll often refer to women that you're serving as coming from an abused background, they're vulnerable, and right from early childhood, young girls, right up to mature women who are at risk in the villages that you work in. Mm -hmm, That's right, and so... The parents will often identify some of these young girls to be dedicated to this particular practice and the girl has no idea what her life is going to be like and basically when she hits puberty she becomes the property of the village and any man in the village can use and abuse her anytime she likes and because it's systemic abuse she's just got no idea that she can say no to these men and so these women are just broken they become alcoholics they struggle with depression and you know it's just a terrible situation 
So they grow up thinking that's normal life for a woman. And uh, your organisation comes in, the Dignity Freedom Network, and a lot of what you do is about equipping women to find help when they need it. That's right. So we have village workers who work with these women and they connect with them and they build trust with them and they provide counselling and healthcare and health pathways. The women suffer from so many different diseases and so many different types of mental health issues as well. And so these community health workers and village leaders support these women and equip them and empower them to come out of this practice and to discover that they do have value and worth, as we were talking about before. And then they also advocate for them so that they can access various rights. And then many of these women who come out of the practice become village workers themselves and they actually work to stop the dedication of the little girls in their own villages as well. They're such brave women and we just are so thankful that we're able to support them. Kate, I'm excited to know that your organisation, the Dignity Freedom Network, has been growing into serving these women in different settings. As I understand it now, as many as 270 villages uh, that you're serving and in, uh, in some of the more vulnerable parts of India. That's correct. And so we did a survey in the field and we identified that this particular practice happens in around 3,000 villages. And so we've just been moving ahead incrementally. And now, as you say, we have an active presence in 270 villages, which is just so great. And in the villages where we do have this active presence, we're actually seeing many women coming out of the practice, the dedication stopping, and we're actually seeing the practice starting to come to a complete end, which is really exciting. So you've got an empowering ministry. It is a faith-based ministry and you're helping women to leave some of these abusive practices behind. Is there a story you've got to tell or is there a process you can let us in on as to just how that happens from rescuing someone out of what they're doing and setting them on a new trajectory? Mm, So there's sort of two sides to that. So there's the actual preventions in the first place. So We have um, a shelter where many of the little girls who have been prevented from the dedications live and each year we bring one of them out to Australia and they share their story, obviously not last year, um, but most years we do that. So one of our girls who came out a couple of years ago, she was about to be dedicated when our village leader intervened and so she protected her, worked with the family and they chose not to dedicate the little girl after all. But because she was still at risk in the village, she came and lived in our shelter home where she went to one of our schools, had access to all the healthcare, uh, had grew up in a loving environment, graduated from high school, went to university, studied teaching and she now teaches environmental studies in one of our schools and to have her come out here and travel around the country and share her story of transformation and hope and how she's discovered her own value and worth as well was just such an encouragement. So there's the prevention side, which is fantastic, but then there's also the intervention side. So connecting with these women who are struggling with depression and just seeing them also coming out of the practice, learning that they have value and worth and learning that they can say no to men and discovering that actually people care about them is just, again, such a inspiring thing to see. One of our girls, Taliyama, is one of these and she was clinically depressed when we came across her and she was, you know, pretty pretty much suicidal. And again, one of our Jogany village leaders came alongside her, heard her story, walked the journey with her over some months 
And today, Taliyama has a job in tailoring. She's doing well. She's growing in confidence and, you know, also discovering her inherent value and worth and that people care about her. So there's the intervention side. There's also the prevention side. How have you gone in this sense here, Kate? Things have been very tough and no doubt over the past year with the spread of COVID. Uh, that's put pressure on Dignity Freedom Network as well. Uh, how have you fared with the instances of COVID and, and the way that's been outworking in India? Well, COVID has really struck India very hard and it's not just the health issues, uh, you know, the COVID itself. It's also the lockdown, so many Many, many people lost their jobs. And if you're a daily wage earner, all of a sudden you've got no money. Well, if you're renting a place, you get evicted. You live on the streets. And then, you know, so we've started a lot of food distribution around uh, the different villages as well. But another side that people don't realise is if, if men are not at work and they're at home and they're depressed, they turn to alcohol. So domestic violence is on the increase. And then, of course, uh, lots of girls, if, if they can't afford to feed the family, it's not surprising at all when they sell their daughters or uh, have child marriage, child bride marriages and so on. Um, so there's just been a whole lot of different social issues that we've been able to get involved with on the ground and, uh, you know, helping with transformation right there at the very heart of the problem. But COVID has definitely exacerbated the issues in India, not just the, um, you know, catching COVID-19 and getting sick or dying, but it's also the greater implications of the lockdown and, and the associated issues that come with that. And you can't just batten down the hatches because women and girls are relying on you to really extend into that next village and that next village. So you'd be thinking about how you've got some strategies in place in order to expand into new villages. No doubt that's a little bit more difficult under COVID, but have you got those sorts of plans in place? Well, because we have community health workers already on the ground in India who speak the local languages, so it's a nationally led and run organisation. It's not run by us. We are here to support the workers in India. And, and because of that, we're able to expand. And one of the ways that we were able to pivot last year very much was embracing telemedicine. And so if we've already got community health workers in the villages, to be able to upskill them through access to telehealth clinics and doctors, you know, in some of our hub areas means that those those community village leaders and the health workers were able to expand their expertise and really make a difference on the ground um, in the villages, which has been fantastic. Well, Kate, it is International Women's Day. I wonder whether you've got a heart-to-heart message for women listening into our conversation today. I mentioned, I think, in my introduction that sometimes uh, after we've given Aussie women a pat on the back, uh, time to look abroad, overseas, above our own horizon and see what challenges there are there. What are your thoughts for women who are thinking, maybe I'd like to support the sort of good work that you do with the Dignity Freedom Network? Yes, well, International Women's Day this year have picked for their theme, Choose to Challenge, which is a fantastic theme. And so one of the things that we're taking with that is challenging people that they can come and support what we're doing. So to have one of these community village leaders working actively in their village for one year, working to stop the dedications and to also intervene with the women and bring them out, empower them, 
it costs $250 a year. And so we're challenging people that they can run their own events through the whole of March where they, uh, we heard it today of a church that's having a cake bake sale this Sunday. Uh, we have another group in Adelaide on Monday who are doing an Indian cooking class. So, you know, people might not have this extra $250, but lots of people think, well, I could organise a bake sale or I could organise a clothes swap or I could have a movie night or an afternoon tea. And so there's so many ideas of how people can get together with their network of people, organise some fun activity or initiative. And there's loads of resources and information on our website about this where we can help people to do these kind of things. But we just love to throw it out there for people to choose their own challenge that they could run in their network of people that would be a lot of fun and just come alongside these women in India and support them so that next time we have an interview, I can say we're in 300 villages or 310 villages and the implications of that on the ground means that vulnerable women and, and girls are being protected, are being cared for and are discovering that they have value and worth. Well, you can help to accelerate the expansion by becoming someone who is a supporter or a prayer partner with the Dignity Freedom Network, working with the Dalit women, the lowest caste in India's caste system. Let me point people to the website for making a connection to you, Kate, dfn.org.au. DFN stands for Dignity Freedom Network, dfn.org.au. Kate, International Women's Day, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for the time and thank you for your support. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.